Welcome to the ETAP Podcast, a service of the American Association of State Highway and Transportation Officials. Each month, we'll provide information and insight into environmental issues important to state transportation officials. Thanks so much for joining us on AASHTO's ETAP Podcast. My name is Bernie Wagenblast. At the 2022 AASHTO Annual Meeting, held in October in Orlando, the AASHTO Board of Directors elected Washington State Department of Transportation Secretary Roger Millar as its 2022-2023 AASHTO President. Appointed WashDOT Secretary in August 2016, Millar oversees an agency that is the steward of a complex multimodal transportation system, one responsible for ensuring that people and goods move safely and efficiently. Millar is an experienced land use and transportation engineer, planner, and program manager with an international reputation for innovative approaches to conservation and development. Now in his role leading AASHTO through the next year, Millar has unveiled his areas of focus during his presidency. One overarching idea with many different components relevant for not just state departments of transportation, but things everyone in the transportation sector should consider. In this podcast, you'll get to know this year's AASHTO president and how his experiences have led to AASHTO's areas of focus for the 2022-2023 year. Secretary Millar, welcome and congratulations on becoming AASHTO's new president. Well, thank you. Good to be here today. When you become president of AASHTO, there are presidential areas that you get to focus on. You've selected three. Can you tell us a bit about each of those three emphasis areas that you selected and why they're important to you? Oh, well, sure, sure. You know, um, AASHTO, all of our activities are guided by our strategic plan, which our board of directors adopted last year. And uh, each president, when we're elected, have the opportunity to uh, identify uh, emphasis areas that we want to focus on during the, the term of our presidency. And, you know, what I've done is taken what's in our strategic plan as an organization at AASHTO and WashDOT's strategic plan, because I, I do have this day job, and it's important that I you know, remain focused on that. Our strategic plan at WashDOT is related to workforce development, equity, diversity, and inclusion, and resilience. My predecessor, Sean Wilson, my good friend, Sean, equity was one of his emphasis areas. And then Victoria, who was the president before Sean from uh, the great state of New Hampshire, was focused on workforce. So Two of the three on, on my state's list have been taken care of. They're all in the strategic plan. I really wanted to focus on resilience. And, you know, resilience to me is planning for and being able to respond to whatever comes our way as a DOT um, or as an organization of DOTs. I really think that the unofficial motto of the State Department's Transportation is you cannot make this stuff up. You, <laughs> you, you never know what's going to come at you. And we need to plan for, you know, being that kind of a fire department, if you will. And, uh, and we need to be responsive. So when I think about resilience in the context of a state DOT, I'm thinking of three things. And that was the, you know, the three that you referenced is our systems need to be safe. Our systems need to be sound and our systems need to be smart. And, you know, I can talk about each of those three, if you'd like. Yes, if you would, I think it would be interesting to hear how those all fit in safe. If you look at the data, our systems are not safe. Surface transportation is dangerous. We had over 40,000 people die on our highways last year, and the numbers go in the wrong direction. We all want to be vision zero, target zero, what have you, but people are dying. People are getting hurt. 
that is a, a huge national tragedy. The individuals, the families, the coworkers, the loved ones, it's a terrible situation. It's also over a trillion dollars a year of economic impact to the country's economy. That comes out of the budgets, if you will, of working families, of small businesses. It's it's a trillion dollars a year. If you think about all of the state DOTs combined, our budgets are about 200 billion a year. So 1 trillion in impact. And we're not investing to address that impact. Now, there are lots of things that can be done in the safety space, some stuff that we control as DOTs and some stuff that we don't control. And my emphasis area is let's not debate what we're going to do. Let's do it. Let's do it all. Kind of a yes and approach. Is it safe systems? Yes. We should incorporate safe systems into the design and construction of our projects. Is it complete streets? Yes. Let's incorporate complete streets concepts into what we do. But it's also driver training and education. Now, I'm a 63-year-old man. The last time my driving skills were tested, I was 19. <laughs> I was 19. And then I think about the, the vacancies that exist at our state patrol because we don't pay troopers enough. We have investments we need to make in enforcement as well. So I'm looking at what we do as DOTs, and I'm also looking at encouraging investment in education, encouraging investment in enforcement, encouraging investment in new technology and vehicles. If we have technology that prevents drunken drivers from driving, let's incorporate that technology because drunken drivers are a part of the problem. If we have a problem with distracted driving, let's incorporate the technology. If we had problems speeding, same thing. But for us as DOTs, yeah, we have to look at speed limits and we have to look at you know designing roads with target speeds and looking at safety as well as economic convenience. Those are all things that we need to take into consideration. When we talk about sound, which is the second part of my emphasis area, that's all about asset management. You know, we in Washington state, our legislature passed a 16 year, $17 billion package for transportation, which is a significant investment. That includes 3 billion in state of good repair over 16 years. Now, what I need over 16 years is 16 billion. Mm -hmm. We are underfunded by a billion dollars a year on state of good repair, basically maintaining and preserving the investments we've already made for the American public. And Washington State is not unique. Every state DOT I talk to is talking about a maintenance backlog, about a preservation backlog, about work that's not getting done. And it's not sexy. Very few ribbon cuttings happen. It's not, a, not an opportunity for a parade. But what we like to say in Washington State is our economy doesn't run on the infrastructure we wish we had. It runs on the infrastructure that's in place today. And we cannot take for granted that it's going to be there tomorrow. We need to make those investments. So we as an organization at Ashto need to be telling the story about the value of what we're responsible for. You know, in Washington State, that's $200 billion worth of transportation investment. What we're spending on that infrastructure, what we should be spending on that infrastructure. And in Washington State, the deficit is about $800 million a year. You know, times the other 51 DOTs, that's, that's a lot of money. 
the third piece of resilience is being smart. The notion that you can grow your way out of traffic congestion. I, I don't think there's a DOT in the country that believes that anymore. Um, there's certainly a need in some, some instances to add to the highway system, but the idea that you're going to grow yourself out of a problem, we're, we're beyond that. Now, there are parts of our public, there are certainly elected officials who still believe if it was just a little bit wider, that would be great. That's not your DOT. <laughs> what we're looking at is how do we get more out of what we've already built? You know, incorporating transportation system management and operations technologies so that we have better control over and better throughput on the concrete and the asphalt that we've put down. In Washington state, we get the same template, the same facilities, the same 10 lanes of interstate on Interstate 5 north of Seattle, Interstate 405 next north of Bellevue. They're the same 10-lane interstate highways. On Interstate 405 north of Bellevue, using TISMO, you know, Transportation System Management Operations, using technology, we're getting 35% more vehicles in the peak hour. We're moving more people on the same infrastructure by moving them smarter. And so incorporating technology into what we do, managing demand, managing demand by investing in transit, managing demand by investing in facilities for people who walk and people who ride. The same investments that have a safety payoff, but you know, in terms of smart, if you can get people off the highway, able to take the trips that they want to take in a way that's fast and convenient and safe for them, but doesn't involve them getting in a car, you've got that much more capacity on the street for people who need to drive or, or choose to drive. So let's be safe about it. Let's be sound about it. Let's be smart about it. That's the emphasis. You talked about telling the story through Ashto. Being president for the next year, you have a bit of a bully pulpit to <clears throat> be able to do that. How do you think you might be able to use that bully pulpit to help share this story? Well, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to that opportunity. I think all of the people who have been in the position of Astro president, in fact, any, anybody on our board of directors, anybody who's gotten to the place where they are a CEO of a state DOT, uh, they certainly have the, the technical acumen, but they've also, you know, hopefully got the communication skills. I'm in a place where I'm representing the entire organization. So I, I need to speak for the entire organization, not just Washington state, but Florida, Maine, and every place in between, a great opportunity to tell that story about how we are leaders in the safety space, how we are managing the assets that people have invested in, in intelligent ways. And speaking to uh, the new day that we find ourselves in and the ability to apply technology, to apply policy, to be more efficient and more effective than we've ever been. You mentioned Dr. Wilson, who was your predecessor as president of Ashto. And last year, while he was serving as president, you were serving as the vice president of Ashto. How was your experience as vice president shaping your current presidency, do you think? Well, you know, one, I got to learn from Sean. And Sean is a dear friend. One of the things that I didn't anticipate when I was appointed the CEO, it was all of the people I would meet from around the country and the relationships I would develop. Sean and I, we see things differently, obviously, from different parts of the country, but we're good friends. You know, and I had the same with Victoria and others who have been in that role. And then Paul Ajaba, who I'll be uh, 
working with this year, Paul, who is our incoming vice president. We get along. Uh, we and we're we're a part of a relatively small group of people who understand what it means to be a CEO. As vice president, one, I was helping Sean with his message, and, and two, I was managing the strategic management committee of Ashto, which kind of sets the strategic direction for the organization in the transportation policy forum, which is where the 52 DOTs get together and decide what is Ashto's position on these. Those, you know, my role as vice president was basically to manage that. As the president of Ashto, I'll be out making the speeches, kissing babies, cutting ribbons, doing that kind of thing. And uh, Paul will be, you know, taking that vice president's role over. So I'm certainly steeped in the policy stuff and steeped in the strategic direction of the organization from my time as vice president. And uh, I'm also, I'll never be able to replace what Sean provided in, in terms of his presidency, but I'll put my own spin on the role. Going back a little bit further in history, before you became Secretary of Transportation at WashDOT, you were the Deputy Secretary there, and you mm -hmm. had a background in land use and transportation engineering. Tell us a bit how those past and current roles and experiences are going to affect your role as President of Ashto, please. Oh, that's a great question. I've been at this for about 45 years. Uh, this is my second DOT gig. Um, I actually worked for the Virginia DOT when I was going to school back in Charlottesville in the 70s and early 80s. I was a research assistant at a, uh, in a soils mechanics lab at the, at the university. It was a part of the Virginia DOT. But, you know, I've worked in local government and I've worked in the private sector and I've worked in the not-for-profit advocacy space. I've been a public works director. I ran the Arturo Streets Division in Portland, Oregon. I've been a planning director. I was a planning director in Missoula, Montana, and I was the community development director and the public works director in a, a small resort town in Idaho, McCall, Idaho. I've experienced uh, working with DOTs as a local government official. Um, I've experienced working with DOTs as a not-for-profit advocate. I've experienced working for DOTs as, as a consultant. And, you know, having worked in the transportation space and in the land use space, the importance of integrating the two for the betterment of the people we serve is something that I, I am going to be emphasizing in my, my smart, you know, being smart about it piece. You're taught as a transportation professional almost from birth that you are not in the land use space. Land use decisions aren't yours. They're local decisions. The DOT, transportation, just take care of the transportation infrastructure. We are up to our eyeballs in land use because the investments we make in transportation infrastructure are probably the single biggest driver or one of the biggest drivers of how land is used. And decisions that are made about how land is used impacts future investment in transportation. We can be more efficient and more effective if we have that dialogue. I'm not saying DOT should make the land use decisions. I think that rightly belongs in the hands of, of local government. But when local government is making those decisions, they need to know what the transportation implications are. And the transportation providers need to have a, a little bit of leverage. Now, an example, if you don't mind, Spokane, Washington, second largest city in the states on the eastern side of the state. Back 25 years ago, the city wanted to annex land south of downtown and west of downtown and build housing because they thought they had a shortage of housing in the community. 
they do. I don't know that that's the kind of housing they needed to build to address that shortage. But, you know, and they thought, you know, to address that shortage, uh, they need to annex this space and to annex that space successfully. They needed an easement from the DOT to build water lines and sewer lines to more of our state highway rights of way. And we said, OK, you can do that. But we understand you are going to provide a system of local streets, city owned streets that are going to serve that space. And they said, yeah, we, we are. We've got a design for it and the rest of that. We granted the easement. They built the water lines and the sewer lines. They found out that the city streets were going to cost $40 million. They didn't want to spend $40 million. And if they made the developer spend $40 million, then the houses weren't affordable. Which to me says the houses aren't affordable. You ought to be developing somewhere else. What they did instead is they did not make that investment and they let the housing happen. So these neighborhoods happen. The local streets are great. They've got bike paths. They've got roundabouts. They're wonderful neighborhoods. But to get from those neighborhoods to anywhere else on the planet, you go down to the bottom of the hill and you turn left across a five-lane, 65-mile-an-hour limited access highway. And people die at those intersections. And it's our fault as a DOT that they're not safe. But making that highway safe for the people traveling on it. And the purpose of that highway is to move agricultural products from the wheat country, the Palouse in Eastern Washington, to move agricultural products to market. The highway was not built as a driveway to the suburban development. Making that highway safe is a half a billion dollar investment. It could have been avoided by spending 40 million locally and could have been avoided entirely by redeveloping underdeveloped land inside the existing city limits of the city of Spokane. They could have built the housing they need on land that is already served by streets and water and sewer and the like. But you know, they, they chose to do the Greenfield thing instead. We need to be having a conversation about if you go that way, this is what happens. There are better alternatives. And be at that table and an influencer of those decisions, recognizing and respecting that the private sector has a role and authorities in that space, and local government has a role and a key decision-making authority in that space. But don't pretend that it's not a DOT issue as well. Having that role, is that something that you just try to convince them that you should have that role, or is it something that should be mandated? <laughs> Well, it's something where we have a little leverage. You know, what I've told Spokane is if you approve one more development up on that hill, we're going to close the median on the highway and all of those intersections will be right in, right out. It will make those intersections safe. It will also inconvenience everybody who lives in those subdivisions because they're going to have to go out of town and make a U-turn at the next interchange to come back into town. I think our job is to talk to the economic consequences of bad decisions, talk to the safety consequences of bad decisions. I don't think it's, it's our job, and I, I would never say we're going to take that decision away from local government. It's their call. But I think being fully informed of the consequences of decisions, decision makers make better decisions. And what we need to do is not sit back and say, that's not our job. We need to lean in and say, you know, we can be better partners on this if we work together. 
Roger, as Ashto's president, obviously you're going to have a chance to have an impact on the federal level. How would you measure success in terms of what's accomplished and what would that success look like? I want to make sure that we're good partners with our federal friends, uh, not just at the USDOT, but the other federal agencies, Energy, HUD, you know, EPA, places that are involved in the infrastructure phase. We want to be good partners. I think we also need to make sure that as important as that federal program is, that it's not the program. I mean, I, I'm as excited as anybody about IIJA, you know, the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act or the Bipartisan Infrastructure Law, however you want to describe it. But it is an unprecedented level of federal investment in infrastructure. It's a phenomenal down payment. But you have to understand, most of the money invested in infrastructure in the United States is state money and local money. You know, when you look at the budget at the Washington State DOT, federal money is about 15% of our budget. So the federal money and the federal policy objectives don't necessarily drive our agenda. Our agenda is driven by the governor, Governor Inslee, and the state legislature. And then at a local level, cities, counties, MPOs, RTPOs, port districts, what have you, they're all sorts of people in the transportation space. And what I'm hoping that I can do as president of AASHTO is just level set and make sure that, that everybody understands the value of all of those partnerships and the role of every level of governance and every level of investment in how we make this happen. Transportation in Washington state is different from transportation in Arkansas, is different from transportation in Florida, is different from transportation in North Dakota. You can't have a one-size-fits-all transportation program. Uh, and even within Washington, what's happening in downtown Seattle is very different from what's happening in suburban Wenatchee and very, very different from what's happening up in the Okanagan Valley, for example. We need to be sensitive to all of those spaces and cognizant and respectful of the, uh, the different perspectives and uh, the different authorities that come with that. You mentioned the IIJA, and in that bill, $1.2 trillion is going to be invested in transportation and infrastructure spending, and that's going to make an impact across a lot of different sectors. How does the IIJA bill support your presidential areas that we talked about at the top of the podcast and strengthen those goals that you've set forth? I think when you, you look at the investment and, you know, most of the investment in the IIJA as, as passed by the Congress, most of that is formula money that's flowing to the DOTs. It's a continuation of what was in the FAST Act and acts before that. Obviously, the, the Congress and the, and the administration are, are looking to influence that with investment in electric vehicle infrastructure, investment in broadband, investment in climate change, some of the things that we're looking at. Uh, again, that plays differently depending on, on where you're at in the country. When you look at, at my emphasis areas, safety is huge. There's so much money that can be spent on safety if we choose to spend it on safety. And we need to identify the importance of that. A lot of people say safety first, and I think they say safety first so they can get it out of the way and go to addressing congestion, which is their real issue. Now, safety in Washington state, the economic consequences of crashes in my state alone are $18.5 billion a year. Congestion costs our economy $2 billion a year. 
should we be spending on the $18.5 billion problem or the $2 billion problem? And it's, it's the same at a national level. So yeah, the resources are there. Let's make those investments. On the asset management side, again, let's work to make sure that IAJA money is, is spent on asset management and spent on state of good repair and the like. And so it'll be interesting to see how the 20% or so of the money that's in discretionary grant programs is spent. Is it spent on safety? Is it spent on state of good repair? Is it spent on smart applications of technology or demand management or active transportation, public transportation? The things that are in the bill, let's see if, the, if it's delivered the way it was, was advertised. We're going to do our part to make sure that it is. And to wrap things up, as you mentioned, 52 DOTs are part of AASHTO. How can the states further your emphasis areas individually? They're, as you mentioned, they're all different. They all have unique situations, but how can they further some of those emphasis areas? I, I have 51 partners around that table at the board of direction, and, and all 52 uh, DOTs are invited to the table at each of the AASHTO committees. So if we're talking about highways and streets, or we're talking about safety, or we're talking about active transportation, public transportation, rail, waterways, all the different places that we're engaged, all the DOTs have a space in that. Now, seaports may mean something different for Washington, California, New York, Georgia than they may be for uh, you know North Dakota. Aviation may mean different things in different states, but people place their emphasis in, in different spots. I'm hopeful that you know my time as AASHTO president, that my colleagues take from my emphasis areas what adds value to their space, that they keep an open mind and, and learn from it. As I learn from my friend, Sean, as I learn from my friend, Victoria, and the presidents that have uh, served in the role uh, in the past. And, you know, we continue to change the world. That's the really cool thing about what we do is we have the opportunity to change the world for the better. And uh, we do it as a team. And uh, I'm looking forward to those continuing conversations. And I'm looking forward to a, an even stronger partnership with my, my colleagues around the table. We've been talking on this episode of Ashto's ETAP podcast with Roger Millar. He is the Secretary of Washington State DOT, as well as the new president of Ashto. Secretary Millar, thanks so much for being our guest. Thank you for the opportunity. I enjoyed it.